Hi everyone, welcome to the Talking Sounds podcast with uh, your fave musical duo, Talking Sounds. Um, today we're talking Hello. about a rather um, serious topic. Yes, we're starting out with a serious topic. We're talking about the Istanbul Convention. So as the plebeians that we are, we know nothing about the Istanbul Convention. And as we figured out, um, a lot of people don't know either. So let's, why not discuss it today, right? Hell yeah. So yeah, um, our guest today is um, a quote-unquote Istanbul Convention expert, recent LCC graduate. Um, she wrote her thesis on it. So can you introduce yourself, please? Uh, yeah, hello everyone. So my name is Vika and I just graduated from LCC and I wrote my thesis on the Istanbul Convention in Ukraine. Istanbul Convention issue is something I work a lot with uh, in my professional sphere. I'm a youth ambassador from Ukraine uh, to the European network of organization against violence against women called WAVE, Violence Against Women Europe. And I'm also working for Lithuanian Gender Equality NGO a Social Innovation Fund, where I also work with this issue. So um, let's maybe start off from the most basic question that um, I think anybody has at this moment. Um, what is the Istanbul Convention all about? Yes, so the Istanbul Convention is a human rights treaty uh, to prevent and combat violence against women and domestic violence. And according to this convention, violence against women is a violation against human rights and a discrimination based on gender. It is currently recognized as the most comprehensive international instrument on violence against women, uh, mainly because it recognizes domestic violence not just as a physical violence, but also as acts of physical, sexual, psychological and economic violence. And its obligations cover four areas of action, often called the four P's. And these are preventing violence against women, protecting victims, prosecuting perpetrators, and as well as implementing related comprehensive and coordinated policies. And this convention focuses on such forms of violence against women as stalking, sexual harassment or violence, including rape, forced marriage, forced abortion, or forced sterilization. Uh, it was open for signature on May 11th, 2011, uh, so it just had its 10th anniversary and it was first introduced in Istanbul, Turkey, and this is where the name of the convention comes from. Alright, thank you. So kind of moving into a more detailed question, who does the convention like precisely target? Who is it about? So, of course, mainly it talks about violence against women and against girls. Uh, however, unlike a popular belief, it protects basically everyone who is a victim of domestic violence, including men and children, so not only women. Uh, yes, it talks mostly about females, just because domestic violence affects women disproportionately uh, due to historically unequal power distribution between females who had submissive roles in society and men who were dominant. Uh, so all those talks that the convention has some kind of anti-man agenda are not true and actually if a man uh, is a victim of domestic violence, this convention will protect him too and if a man is not abusive, then the convention is no threat to him. Mm-hmm, thank you, okay. Moving on, uh, while, well, personally, while I was going through the convention text and trying to read um, basically a political text, without any like political background at all. I saw that in some of the articles in the convention's text, it kind of addressed, um, 
I guess my question would be like, does the convention kind of deal with some countries' traditions and like how does it impact? Okay, let's maybe start with like that yeah. part. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> culture and traditions. And of course, culture and traditions is something that is very important for every state. And this convention definitely does not question cultural values or traditions. What it does though, it, it asks countries to get rid of stereotypes and customs that are based on stereotypical roles of men and women in society. Uh, when women were seen as some kind of addition to men and as not independent human beings as they are. Uh, what is the problem with such type of uh, traditions and cultural values? Is that such stereotypes are the reason why violence against women uh, can be seen as acceptable and is the reason why it's so widespread. Uh, so the convention encourages countries to make sure that culture, customs, religion and also so-called honor were not seen as a justification or an excuse for violence against women. Yeah, and I remember um, looking at your thesis and you had some points about like how religion affects it and I thought that's really interesting. So also like kind of looking a little bit of a, why should the convention should be ratified? Why is it important? Uh, this is actually a question I get a lot uh, because usually countries have some kind of local laws against domestic violence and then people just don't see the need uh, for ratification of this specific convention. And for me, the biggest advantage of this convention is that unlike local laws that usually just deal with the consequences of domestic violence, the convention actually provides tools to prevent this violence and get rid of its uh, roots within society. So basically just stop the violence against women at the very beginning and not let it develop into uh, huge issues as some countries uh, have it. So, for example, uh, countries that ratify the convention have to include materials on gender inequality issues in the curriculum of the educational institutions, so kids grow up with no stereotypical understanding of roles of men and women. And the convention also makes countries organize training for professionals who may meet victims of domestic violence in their professional life, so they know how to recognize signs of domestic violence and how to talk to such uh, people. And also convention obliges countries to open enough shelters where victims of domestic violence can find temporary home and some medical, psychological and legal assistance because usually uh, women do not leave abusive home because they have nowhere to go. So opening shelters is a way to stop violence at the very beginning. Okay, thank you. I mean, my next question would be like, how would society benefit slash look like if the convention would be ratified and what would it mean like for the future of society so but you mentioned a lot of points so if you have anything additional mm -hmm. to add to that you can do that now uh yeah so it's important to understand that i think this convention is so it's not some kind of a magical thing that mm -hmm. will turn your country into a great gender inclusive and gender equality society just after the ratification uh, there is, it's a hard work uh, and after the ratification of this convention you also need to implement it uh, but convention helps you to do it and provides you assistance um, in terms of what kind of society we can get if we ratify the convention 
Um, I like to use the example of Nordic states because we all know, I think, that Scandinavian countries are one of the leaders in terms of gender equality in the world. And for example, if you take Denmark, uh, that ratified this convention in 2014, uh, they actually have made a lot of steps after that. Uh, for example, they established a coordinating body which is specifically uh, responsible for the coordination of the work of the convention. Uh, they have a number of awareness raising campaigns that were launched uh, targeting different audience and focusing on educating people on gender-based violence, how to prevent it and uh, what actions to take if you are a victim of domestic violence or a witness of uh, such kind of discrimination. Uh, they provided new teaching materials for schools uh, to teach children about non-stereotypical gender roles and how to respect all people and be inclusive. Uh, they launched a range of different workshops and trainings for professionals to deal with gender-based violence. And also a lot of media got involved and information is presented on TV and radio programs and newspapers. Um, so basically also they're trying to bring up media to a new level where they do not produce any type of sexist and misogynistic materials and also the convention helps them to make other legislative measures such as implementing laws on equal pay and introducing the practice of restraining orders uh, which is not unfortunately seen for many other european countries so is really a lot of other steps to take after ratifying this convention, uh, but it will definitely be a first step towards a more equal society. So yeah, it sounds like the convention is like a very good fundamental first step for a country to yes. take. Yeah, you mentioned that um, Denmark, right? Mm -hmm. uh, already ratified the convention. Yeah, my one of one of my questions was also like, have any countries ratified the convention? Like apart Denmark? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, actually a lot of countries did. Uh, for at this moment, actually 34 countries uh, ratified it throughout these 10 years. Mostly it's European Union countries, uh, but also it had some other countries, for example, as Turkey. Uh, however, Turkey has just announced they want to leave this treaty and they will officially withdraw from this legislation on July 1st. Uh, which is also another issue that is widely discussed in uh, within feminist activists last uh, right now. Yeah, speaking of European countries, there are not very much support. I also heard Poland is not very for it. Then they also have some issues. Yeah, uh, yeah you're right. So unfortunately, lately Poland had very. Uh, anti-LGBT and I would even say anti-women laws. Uh, for example, the recent law on uh, bans of abortions, uh, even including if fetuses have some kind of genetic diseases. Uh, so they're trying to create more conservative society, I would say. And this is precisely what Turkey is doing right now because uh, they have got a new pretty traditional, pretty conservative president uh, who refused all kind of uh, legislation on women's rights and that's why Turkey is living and Poland is trying to do the same, claiming that this is their way to protect their society from um, different kinds of too European and too progressive um, issues, let's say. Yeah, 
I'll have one additional question, but um, to kind of forward the conversation about the, the countries. Um, so you mentioned the countries that have ratified it, that um, are for it, and then the two countries that are kind of against it right now. Are there any countries currently that are trying to, like thinking about it, going for ratification of this convention? I can't say about all countries because I don't have that knowledge, but I definitely know about two countries that I work, personally work with, it's Ukraine and Lithuania. And actually both of these states are kind of in the process now of trying to ratify this convention, but it's been like back and forth action for years now. Uh, like for example, if to take Ukraine, uh, we have been trying to ratify this 2011, and then whenever it comes to parliament, it gets cancelled, it doesn't, uh, politicians do not vote for it to get ratified, even though there is a lot of support among uh, media, among activists, among regular people, uh, but our council of church is against it, and actually uh, when it was trying to get ratified last time in 2016, um, some representatives of the Council of Church were approaching different uh, politicians personally, persuading them not to ratify this convention. And politicians are just afraid um, to lose this connection with Church because Church still has a big influence over regular people. So they think if they lose support of Church, then they lose support of these voters. And uh, we, last year, 2020, Ukraine actually uh, got uh, the needed amount uh, of uh, uh, signatures under the petition uh, to ratify this convention, uh, which means that um, our parliament is now obliged to vote for it again, but unfortunately it still uh, hasn't happened due to coronavirus. And Lithuania is also on the edge uh, of ratifying this convention, and whenever they try to pass this bill, or at least um, make a voting on it happen, uh, different uh, traditional organizations becoming very active and launch a lot of programs not to let this ratification happen. Yeah, I'm aware that our president did um, some kind of survey about it, like, <laughs> trying to like figure out what's like the public's opinion about it but that's up to people of course it's up to people and actually like i support these types of initiatives because yeah. this is a great ground for uh, democratic societies yeah, that lithuania is a democratic society so of course uh, we should be open for discussions and we can listen to opposite vo voices and they should be taken into account uh, however, there should be some kind of constructive dialogue between two sides, mm -hmm. uh, because for now the traditional side, let's say, uh, does not want to hear other side and arguments, and this is the problem with it. Yeah, um, a sort of follow-up question to the previous points that you made. Correct me if I'm wrong. So the first country to ratify this convention was Denmark. No, it was like it was actually Turkey. Turkey. Uh, because yeah, it got signed there, okay. and uh, ten countries ratified it right away, right, mm -hmm. right after they signed it. Uh, Ukraine also actually was one of the countries that signed it right away, but still hasn't ratified. Uh, so yeah, it doesn't really. Um, it's not really a question of who ratified it first. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the question what kind of actions we're taking after the ratification, mm-hmm. because like Denmark, as we talked about, it uh, they ratified the convention only in 2014, mm-hmm. uh, which is like seven, six years ago. Uh, so not that long ago, but uh, they made a lot of actions after that. Yeah. So my question would be like the the countries that did ratify and did do something after it like is there some kind of difference in society in there like mm-hmm. like in i guess like even in youth and stuff but like mm-hmm. just is there a visible difference in that country's like social life because of this convention i'm pretty sure that yes even when like i talked about the example of denmark so many actions has happened have happened uh, and because it, this convention, if implemented, it actually helps to change the mindsets of people, to take them away from these very traditional views and stereotypical views and roles of men and women, uh, and raise awareness about these issues. And because media gets involved, and when media gets involved, and this is something that we all watch and listen to, uh, this actually helps us to change our opinions. And also different legislative measures are implemented, which helps to helps victims to get some kind of protection and gives them knowledge that there are services who are ready to help them. So I think this convention can really shape the society into a more tolerant one, a non-discriminative one, and help society to become to really reach that gender equality Mm. that we all strive for yeah last question about regarding countries um are there any like specific requirements or some kind of i don't know tools or something Mm -hmm. to like ratify it yeah uh, so even though this convention is a convention of the council of europe uh, it is not just for european countries basically any country of the world can ratify it and I would say is even encouraged to ratify it because this convention talks about such issues as uh, such issues as forced abortions and forced sterilization and also um, female genital mutilation and this issue forced marriage uh, and these issues are something that is uh, not so characteristic it's not a big characteristic of European countries, but more of countries like Middle East, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any country of the world is welcome to ratify it. Uh, and there are no specific requirements. They just need to show the initiative. Okay. So you mentioned that um, Poland is currently like very against it and also kind of against like passing some anti-LGBT plus laws and just turning very conservative at the moment um, and I know that a lot of people have an issue that with this convention concerning that it somehow relates to the LGBT community and um, I guess I just want a clarification like well you said that the like the convention addresses domestic violence just like mm-hmm. violence mostly towards women but also um, also children and men but it's mostly like violence based. So like, does it somehow like in any way, like address mm-hmm. the LGBT plus community? 
Okay, so to answer this question, I think at the beginning it's important to mention what are actually, like why are all these talks happening? Uh, what made traditionalists and religious people believe uh, that this convention can be used in favor of LGBT community? Uh, and the reason why it's happening is because this convention is actually the very first international document that talks and introduces the definition of gender. And that's what most people have problem, who are against this convention have a problem with, the definition of gender. So why? Because different religious organizations, they think the definition of gender, if this definition is introduced, then it can be used to promote new gender roles and same-sex relationships. However, I would not say this is true. And the reason why Istanbul Convention talks about the gender is just to highlight that men and women are different not only based on other biological sex, mm -hmm. but also based on gender. Mm -hmm. And how this convention defines gender is uh, the socially constructed roles, behaviors, activities and attributes that a given society considers appropriate for men and women. So basically, gender is just a social, is just a social construct that shapes behavior of men and women within our society. Uh, in no way it uh, concerns LGBT rights. Mm -hmm. I would say this convention highlights the importance of paying attention to issues of uh, lesbian women and bi women uh, who are in bigger risk of uh, being uh, abused uh, than uh, um, straight women. Uh, mm -hmm. But at the same time, convention does not introduce same-sex relationships or same-sex same -sex marriage. Uh, the convention does not give the definition of uh, family, it does not say uh, what the family consists of, it also does not introduce the uh, definition of the third uh, gender, as many organizations are afraid of, and actually many countries uh, who ratify this convention uh, do not recognize same-sex marriages and it works fine. Yeah, so it's the issue of not the sexuality of the person, but um, of the gender, because it's women. Yes, yeah. so basically uh, gender here is used to highlight this historical uh, unequal distribution of power between men and women based mm -hmm. on their gender. And so why women are targeted? It's not just because, uh, uh, it's not just because, it's basically uh, gender-based violence. As they are targeted and they are abused and their rights are violated just because they are women. And this okay. is what this gender definition highlights. Okay, thank you. Another point you mentioned that the convention targets not only women or men in domestic violence situations, but also children. So can you like add anything, like any specifics in any way that this can mm -hmm. relate to kids? Yeah, because if to look at the situations of domestic-based violence, uh, usually it is targeted against women, but also then against children. Uh, so violence can happen uh, against the children and uh, not just physical violence, but even when children see uh, very abusive, toxic uh, or relationships between their parents, mm -hmm. it's also a kind of violence against children mm -hmm. because it shapes their mindset and it gives them a big psychological trauma. Uh, so this convention protects children. 
for example, the shelters that can be open, uh, women are allowed to take their children with them and mm -hmm. children are also welcome to live there and they can get a safe space uh, for temporary housing and they can get into new school. The rights of children are also protected if they are somehow uh, targeted in an abusive way in their families. Okay, thank you. Why are people so upset about like, this convention? I know you mentioned a lot of things and like discussed a lot of already points that why some people are upset about it. But like since the beginning of this year, like it has just received like such an uproar and like especially online. Um, like, can you like give any quick points? Mm -hmm. What do you think? Uh, yeah, so coming back to traditional and religious organizations, uh, they see uh, this convention as something that can promote LGBT relationships mm -hmm. and also something that can ruin traditional values of the country. Uh, here comes the question, how do they define traditional values and how do they define family values? Uh, because, for example, I, as a feminist, can say that I also support family values and I don't think you can find any feminist or feminist activist who will tell you that uh, they are against uh, mm -hmm. families. Uh, it's just the question is that we, feminists and traditional organizations, define family values differently. Mm -hmm. uh, so for us, it's a safe environment uh, based on consensus based on mutual relationships and partnership uh, between people, uh, while for some reason uh, um, religious organizations uh, and traditional organizations think that families should be forced, let's say, to stay together, uh, even if they face some kind of problems. Like usually they are also against divorces and they are usually against abortions, uh, which is in some way a violation of human rights, as people have a right to choose for themselves uh, what to do with their lives and what to do with their bodies. Uh, so I think um, we are just trying to leave uh, this traditional understanding and definition of family, how it used to be when women did not have a lot of rights within society, so they were just forced to stay in abusive mm -hmm. relationships. But thankfully the world is changing and women have a possibility now to make their own decisions. Uh, when uh, different traditional organizations are trying to keep us in those ages uh, where men were the ones deciding uh, the fate of their families and the fate of women. Okay. The convention was signed 10 years ago, back mm -hmm. in 2011. Why is it talked about only now, like 10 years later? Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say that it's discussed only now. I think women rights activists have been raising awareness about it for years. Uh, we might hear more about this now. Mm -hmm. And why? Uh, because of the pandemic. Uh, as numbers and cases of domestic violence are increasing worldwide due to the pandemic. Um, we entered our first lockdown a little bit more than a year ago, mm -hmm. and this is when everyone uh, was forced to stay at home, uh, and people basically got stuck together, uh, which is a big test even for healthy relationships, mm -hmm. uh, but for toxic or abusive ones, it's basically a catastrophe. Uh, because women are trapped at home, 
users, uh, while home should be a place where they feel the safest. Uh, so I feel like uh, this pandemic uh, gave us a better picture that we are so far away from gender equality uh, than we want to believe. And that women are struggling and women are in a much higher risk during this pandemic. Um, as I even uh, saw different organizations calling it pandemic within the pandemic, so pandemic of domestic violence. Uh, and this is why a lot of worldwide organizations like United Nations and the World Health Organization joined the conversation. And it actually gave activists more platforms to raise awareness and talk about the need of the ratification of this convention. Especially now when the focus of media is not on women's rights issues and not on domestic violence cases, but more on pandemic and economy and vaccines. So everything that comes together is COVID. So the convention is about people for people. Mm -hmm. Knowing that most people probably don't know how to read political texts and don't have the political background to kind of understand a lot mm -hmm. of politics and in general I don't know, I think a really small amount of people's interest in like core politics and like how politics work and how mm -hmm. do they look like. But since this is very like um, society based um, for people, as I mentioned, should the people and why should they read the convention's text? Mm -hmm. and, like mostly get a better understanding of it. Like why would you, why would mm -hmm. they do that? I think people should definitely do this. And why? Because now uh, we live in this era of constant information. And basically, people are getting very opposite types of information. Uh, you might see uh, the thoughts and opinions of uh, traditional organizations, and you might see thoughts and opinions of feminist organizations. Usually, it's very opposite standings on this uh, um, convention. So I would encourage people not to be biased and not to just side uh, with the one uh, side of this uh, conflict and argument, let's say, uh, because we live in this era when everyone has uh, an access to all types of information and we're allowed to have freedom of thoughts and freedom of speech. So everyone, I think, should kind of shape their own opinion and standing on this issue. And the way to do it uh, is to actually read the text. It's not long and it's uh, very, it's using a very simple language. So I feel like even people without political background can understand it. If you do not want to read the whole document, there are so many sources now, like uh, different YouTube channels and articles of many reliable sources and reliable newspapers and website pages that talk about this issue and provide it in a very um, non-biased way. So they just give you basic facts and they give you definitions that the convention provides uh, without citing uh, with for or against this convention. So just uh, spend an hour of your time and go on the internet and get acquainted with different resources and shape your opinion um, just to feel yourself as a full member of the society where you have and you actually do have a standing and your voice matters because that's what then shapes the opinions of politicians who are voting for this uh, legislation. Yeah, okay. So. Um... 
Also, I think you can just find the document online. Yeah, it's very just... easy. Easy. You just Google Istanbul Convention, and it will provide you the whole document. Yeah, and it's in PDF form for those who are interested in reading it. Um, yeah, when I read it, I noticed it's very direct. It has like very direct points, and like I, I'm not into politics at all, and like I understood most of it. Yeah, thank you. I don't know how much research you did. I did minimal research, and um, yeah, but I've seen some stuff online, as always. <laughs> as always, as we do these days in the age of the pandemic, you see some stuff online, and then you talk about it. Um, so, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So in Lithuania, this Saturday, so it's May fifteenth. Some traditional value organization people. Um, or organizing in an event, a huge event, by the way, in the middle of the pandemic. I feel like it's very important to say that, that it's a huge event in the middle of the pandemic, still, um, that's called the Family March. And yeah, what are your thoughts about it? Uh, well, uh, as a person who has been involved in the feminist activism for years now, I cannot say that I was surprised or that it was something new to me. Uh, because I personally faced a lot of such traditional marches and mm -hmm. traditional communities before in my activist life. Uh, usually uh, every year I participate in Women's March in Ukraine, uh, where we always have like an opposite side presented too. Um, so this family march was not something new to me and I actually went to their website to get acquainted uh, with what they're talking about and it's pretty general I would say uh, they talk about mm -hmm. protecting families but how do they want to protect families so they say that there is a big aggressive gender propaganda going on uh, and it's happening with the help of different laws uh, that are against the constitution of uh, Republic of Lithuania somehow and they specifically say on their website that they're against uh, the ratification of the Istanbul Convention mm -hmm. uh, as it's something they do not support and, uh, as some, and because this is something that can ruin the traditional families of Lithuania and something that can actually question the future of Lithuania. Uh, so I would say they use a lot of manipulation of facts and they play on emotions of people because if you see that something uh, puts in danger your family of course you will get interested and yeah, you will get involved sure. um, they do not really provide a lot of facts so i feel like people who want to participate in this firstly they can uh, google and find out different facts and statistics on this and how true are those things actually are that this website talks about uh, because here uh, on their website they say that family should consist of mom, dad and children. Uh, and basically this is not something that convention questions because convention does not give any definition of the family. It does not say who it should consist of. Uh, so there is no way this convention can uh, put family in danger. It can just protect members of those family in case the family relationships become abusive. Yeah, like why I asked you this question, I was just interested, like did you look into it, what kind of research you stumbled upon and just um, 
how it kind of just relates to the convention in a sense and you answered that question very well um i think like from general knowledge what's going on in Lithuania right now we should also keep in mind that our government is trying to um, release this um, partnership law mm -hmm. which does not relate to family actually they didn't like they're not touching that um, definition at all they're just kind of like I'm not sure if they're like upgrading or like also just addressing a new definition and the definition of partnership mm -hmm. so they're just trying to like implement the partnership law in Lithuania and I think um, that probably that law is more involved with this family march but also not directly because it does not um, deal with family deals with partnership so mm -hmm. those are two different things um, so yeah yeah, I would agree, like, uh, there is no way that uh, this convention somehow helps to make same-sex marriages legal. Yeah. Uh, and even if at some point uh, Lithuania does uh, recognize same-sex relationships, in no way it can put in danger traditional marriages of men and women. Uh, just because somebody getting more rights uh, does not mean you are losing some rights. It's not some kind of a pie that you share on percentages. It's very yeah. like eternal phenomenon, let's mm -hmm. say. So rights are not cannot be decreased. They can only be multiplied. Yeah. So I really do not see any danger of for families of Lithuania. And uh, this march is just trying to manipulate people. Um, especially people who do not want to do some kind of research and people who are easily manipulated because that's what internet does the best. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we are presented only to one side of arguments and usually we do not see the other side and we do not even want to get acquainted with it and see what they say. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I've, no I've noticed, uh, I completely agree with uh, Victoria that um, I've noticed with a lot of LGBT talk or uh, about the family talk is they actually believe that if we give other people rights, then we, then other rights will be removed from people, which is pretty weird. Yes, it's not how it works. Um, so there is no way LGBT rights can put your rights in danger. Um, yeah, so those were all the questions from my side. Does my colleague have any additional questions? I mean, I found your thesis ex extremely fascinating, especially, especially the fact that you wrote about Ukraine that is also maybe I would say even more tra traditional, like have, has more traditional views than Lithuania would. Would you agree with that? I would say um, probably yes, uh, maybe just because uh, Lithuania is a part of EU and it gives countries some kind of responsibilities and duties, let's say, in terms of human rights. Ukraine is trying to go that direction too, 
and that's actually also the finding of my thesis was that people see ratification of the Istanbul Convention as something that can bring Ukraine closer to EU, uh, just because EU recognizes human rights and specifically women's rights as one of the important values, um, and this is what Istanbul Convention stands for too. In terms of religion though, I feel like Lithuania is also pretty influenced by the opinions of religious uh, uh, organizations and the church overall, and the same way as Ukraine. Um, so I feel like it's just important to, for people to recognize that both Ukraine and Lithuania uh, are actually secular states and religion is separate from the state. Uh, so you can believe in whatever you want. I actually have uh, many examples of people who are religious and also support Istanbul Convention. So in no way it's exclusive, like that you can do only one of these things, you can do yeah. both. Um, so yeah, just uh, get acquainted with this and find out that uh, standing up for women's rights in no way uh, decreases or questions your uh, religion. Uh, like for example, I actually have just been reading a book of Melinda Gates, who does a lot of charity work to provide women with um, contraceptives and a way to... Um, yeah, so she basically advocates for the right of women to decide if they want to have children, how many children they want to have. And she's talking a lot about how this can interfere with her religious views because she's Catholic. And she says that, well, religion and Christian religion also says that you should love your neighbor. And that's what you do when you stand up for women's rights. Uh, you just make sure they recognize as human beings and they have the right to decide for themselves what to do with their lives and with their bodies and in no way it can decrease uh, the value of your religiosity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any additional questions? I can't, I can't think of anything at the moment. She answered all of the questions. Yeah, like, this has been very detailed. Very, um, I feel like with some of the questions we even went over like the same thing a couple of times. So. Yeah. <laughs> just, just to make sure everybody just to, Yeah, because <laughs> it's been a lot. It's been a journey. Let's agree <laughs> that this has been a journey for the past almost half a year now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, even longer, let's say. Even longer. Uh, these talks exist for as long as the world goes or as long as the world has been trying to become more tolerant. Inclusive. True. True. Yeah. Any last thoughts? Um, yeah, my last thoughts would just be that in no way I'm trying to force people to support this convention. The only thing I'm trying to do is to encourage people mm -hmm. to exercise their right of uh, access to information and educate themselves on different issues and get acquainted. Uh, with materials and curriculums that this convention proposes and also look up statistics uh, because uh, unfortunately many people feel like if something does not exist in their lives it does not exist at all uh, and that's where actually many um, concerns about domestic violence and gender equality uh, 
comes about because people feel like we're already so gender, gender equal. Unfortunately, no, and statistics speak for itself. Um, a lot of reliable sources uh, have this info, so it's very easily researched. Uh, and uh, just uh, form your own opinion. And uh, I would love, and I feel like any other activists you meet in your life uh, would love to enter actually a discussion on these topics if uh, both sides are ready to talk and are ready to listen. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank, Thank you, you for clarifying everything. Yes. And yes. I, w- I want to have a closing thought. Just. If you want to go to family march, don't forget to get vaccinated. And like, let's still keep the idea of the pandemic, you know? Yeah, so stay I, safe, I, I, yes. stay safe, be protected. Okay. Um, thank you for joining us, and um, yeah, till next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.